Welcome to the Palmetto Street Church of God message podcast. We pray that you are inspired by today's message, and we hope that you share and subscribe to this podcast so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can go forth and reach many people in our world today. Enjoy the message. Just remain standing while you're standing. Let's grab our Bibles tonight. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. I know I'm supposed to be already uh, teaching on Christmas, but with the change, with the loss of the Sunday we have with COVID, um, with the season that we're in, I will preach a Christmas message Sunday as we begin the march for Christmas. I'm excited. We have our kids program, our youth program, our candlelight service that we'll be doing twice, and also one of those will be live uh, we've got so much planned. It's going to be a great holiday season. Church looks wonderful. Miss Amy did an outstanding job, and her team looks wonderful. I love Christmas. I love the Christmas season, the Christmas story. Uh, today is December 1st. If you want to do something, they get right into the Christmas story. Start reading the book of Luke, one chapter each day. It will march you right up. Uh, I love the book of Luke there with the Christmas story. But tonight, I want to be very honest with you. If you would allow me and not stole me tonight, this word has been in my spirit. It's been a devotional of mine that I have been reading. I share part of it with the council last night. We had a great council meeting. There's some wonderful things that we're going to announce in the month of January for the forward movement of our church, knowing that putting some things like sickness behind us. We have a lot of new people that are coming in. And uh, we know some, a lot are still watching online. We understand that. And they feel safe there. We're going to continue to have that for them and make it better. But we have a lot of new things planned. We have a huge uh, mission announcement in the month of January that we are excited about. Uh, just a divine miracle that God has done with our church. So we have a lot going on. First, uh, January 2nd through January 9th, seven days of prayer. Uh, we have a lot planned for you. So get ready. Amen. Amen. Can you tell them that excited? Amen. Look to your neighbor and tell them to get ready. Amen. I wish I could say it like T.D. Jakes. I can't do it, but get ready. Let's go to verse 11. Are you ready? Therefore, remember, Paul did this a couple times with this epistle, having them to remember or reflect back. That you, speaking to the Gentiles, once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands. Now watch this. It's a little, I know it's a little deep here, but that at that time you were without Christ. Note those two words, without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in this world. That's who you and I were before we were saved. That's who you and I were before the coming of Jesus Christ. But watch verse 13. Here's our transition. Here's our victory. But now, somebody say, but now. Yeah. Oh, that'll change everything. Verse 4 in this uh, chapter says, but God. But, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's who we are, Amen. I want to teach on that, but now. Heavenly Father, if it was not for that moment, where would I be? I was an alien and a stranger from you. But now I have been quickened and made alive from my trespasses and my sin. I know I should be deep in the Christmas story, and I will start that this Sunday. 
But maybe just because we were out last week, maybe because just to build a little bit of excitement, or maybe it's just me when I read scripture and it comes alive to me. Father, I want to preach or teach, I should say, to a few people tonight who I want to remind them of how far you brought them from and what you're planning to do in their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in this house. But now, Paul, this book of Ephesians, who some call the masterpiece of the New Testament, the letter of the Romans, or to the Romans, most feel like it's the greatest letter maybe ever written. But this story to the Ephesians is so powerful that people hold it as, as the top, the pinnacle of Paul's writings. Also understanding that this epistle is written not to solve problems. It's more about praising God. It's more about seeing what God had did to the individuals then makes up the corporate body. It's about the complete work of Christ. It is the high watermark they feel of his writings. It's not man-centered. It is strictly God-centered and God-thinking made possible through the relationship of Jesus Christ. It's centered in Christ, very Christ-centric. And really what it's about to us is the truths that we now have that we have been made aware of by coming not only in the knowledge of Christ but through the transformation in Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ, being changed and changed forevermore. Can somebody say amen? It brings us not only to the light of deliverance, Brother Steve, but it reminds us of how far we come from and it also pushes to the pinnacle or the forefront of our mind, I should say, excuse me, that it makes us so aware of what God has done in us that we are coming to the fault of, I never want to be who I was back then. I don't understand the thinking of people saying, I want to rush back to my old life. I I, I long for the freedom that I had in sin. That's not freedom, that's bondage. That's false freedom. That's not freedom to do whatever because you're not doing whatever. You're being led by the Pied Piper. I'm talking about those who think that there's something on the other side that they're missing. When you read the book of Ephesians, it brings to light of the separation that you have been delivered to and what you have been delivered from. And it lets you know what God has done in your life. It brings a sense of appreciation of knowing that I once was dead in my trespasses and sin. I once was blind. Paul would say we were ignorant, held captive by the prince of the power of the air held down by our own lust. We were even called in the book of Ephesians the children of wrath. That's who we were. But now because of Christ, we have been called out, made alive, made new, quickened, made not over, but made brand new in Jesus Christ. We who were blind, we who were naked, we who were desperate, and we were who so far strong from the arm reach of God, we have been saved and changed, sanctified by his word and filled by the Holy Spirit. We've been filled with dunamis power to let us know it's not positive, reinforced thinking that makes the difference. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that makes the difference. 
We don't sidestep it. We don't hide it. We don't apologize for it. We don't stick the word of God back in some room somewhere and pull out a few things that we feel like will not embarrass us or offend somebody. No, we hold on to the gospel as if it is our bride or our child. We present it to everyone every Sunday and every Wednesday and throughout our Sunday school classes and our connect groups as it is if the very thing that the doctor can use to bring about a change in somebody's life because we understand if God can do it in us, then God can do it in somebody else. Once we have been changed, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Once we have been changed and delivered, Ephesians says, then God doesn't leave us there, but he invites us to come up and sit in heavenly places. Some of us that used to sit in the heat of sin of this world through Jesus Christ, we change positions and we show the world that this is what a Christian looks like. Are you with me tonight? Verse 11 says this, don't forget. The New King James says, remember. Look to your neighbor and say, remember. You need to remember the Ephesian writer takes us back one more time before he moves us forward and he reminds us of who we were before we found Jesus Christ. Therefore, remember, he was reminding the Gentiles, those what were called the uncircumcised. There was a comparison between the Jews and the Gentiles. There was this battle of how the Jewish people, the circumcision, would look down on the Gentiles and let them know that you don't belong to this great God. You are a pagan or what they called in the King James a heathen. But what it does tonight, it speaks to our previous position. It speaks to who we were but not who we are right now. It speaks to who we used to be but not what God is making me over into me at this very moment. It reminds us that even though the Jewish people held on to a distinguished mark that was touched by man's hands, Paul reminds them in verse 11 that even though you have a distinguished mark that allows you to have a special relationship with God, the marking alone will not make the difference. What makes the difference is if you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. He calls them hypocrites in verse 11. I'm just in my introduction. Stay with me, please. Is this okay? I told you it might just be for me, but if it's for me, I'm going to take off running in about 30 seconds. This advantage is for them. Sure, it gives them access to God in a special relationship. They look down on us, or the Gentiles, I should say, because of two reasons. One, because of sexual impurity. Because of understanding that the Gentiles, who they were, who they were mixed with, they look down upon them because of who they were in their earthly DNA. But not just their impure sexually, they look down on them uh, religiously because of their ignorance as well. Because they serve gods, many gods, but not out of love nor relationship of love. So when Paul looks to them, he says, look back. Look who you were, point number one. He said, first of all, you were all aliens from God. It means that we were without Christ, verse 12. No matter what knowledge we have, what success in life, no matter how much money you have right now, you and I, if we don't have Jesus Christ, then we are aliens and strangers from the presence of God. We are separated from Christ. There is a gap between us and him. And no matter how many times we come to church, no matter if my daddy's the bishop of, 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 of the Episcopal church, doesn't matter if I do not know Jesus Christ as my savior, there is a gap between he and I, and I am an alien, and I am still in my sins. Not just any alien, he takes it deeper. He says also from the commonwealth of Israel, that's specific. He says you are an alien, a stranger, a foreigner living in a strange land. 
because you don't have right to the citizenship of this present country. What is he talking about? He's talking about the religious kingdom that the circumcised had. The commonwealth is a nation or a kingdom. So when he speaks about the commonwealth of Israel, he's saying that the Jews have a special relationship with God. And because of this, the other people, the uncircumcised, the Gentiles, did not belong. Therefore, they did not have destiny. They did not have protection. They did not have that precious relationship that, that they so longed for. They were alienists from God too tonight. They were also strangers. They were strangers to the covenant of promise. Being that they were the circumcision, they had special provision and promises that flowed from the Old Testament that gave the Israelites or the Jewish people hope. It went back to Abraham, Isaac, Moses, David, and even Jacob. And because of that, these people had these promises that they could hold on to. But the Gentiles did not. They did not have these blessed promises. So they were strangers to the covenant of promise. Three, the Bible says also in the same verse that they were people without hope, having no hope without God in this world. Paul's writing from a Roman cell, and in Rome at that time, despair was everywhere. No doubt he looked out the window and saw that and said, you know what, we were the ones who didn't have God. And if we don't have God, we don't have no hope. I echo that tonight. If somebody does not have God, they don't have hope tonight. If the hope is in a political system, it's failing you right now. If your hope is in your health, they just found another something of another somewhere in another country. Get ready. If your hope is in some preacher, that preacher's imperfect. Pastor, you are a preacher. That's why I said that. Are you listening? If your hope is in a denomination, there's one of our biggest denominations that is splitting right now. Right now, they're dividing. And the only thing left to divide is fighting over the money. And once they solve out where the money goes, that denomination was split over one of the biggest issues of our present day. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. All other ground, the scripture says, and the writer was seen to us, it's nothing but sinking sand. The writer writes to them and said, you at one time in your past had no hope. You were living your life without God. Now let me teach or preach tonight. Verse 13. Are you ready? I told you I was excited about this. It's okay. Verse 13, but now. Look to your neighbor and say, but now. That's the type of God that you serve is a but, but now God. Your God can look through the, the, the corridor of time and the right time through divine providence and show up in your life and turn your life around. Matthew was a tax collector into a but, a but now moment. The lady at the well was lost and then God showed up in a moment and turned her life around. The man that was walking the water began to sink but he called out to a savior and he had a divine moment that changed his life. The common criminal on the cross looked over to Jesus and said, today would thou remember me and had a divine moment. A man came to a gate called Beautiful one day begging for alms. And the writers and the men of God said, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, I give I thee. Take up thy bed and wall. That is a but now moment. That is a divine moment, a divine encounter with God, a divine touch of the master's hand that turns cities around, countries around, kingdoms around, and people around if they submit to him in his fullness. But now, you have been united with Christ. Once you were far off from God, but now you have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm praying tonight that each one of us will have a but now moment in our lives. If you're sick tonight, I want you to have a but now moment. 
If your marriage needs a touch from God, I want you to have a now moment. If your child is wayward and needing something from God, I want you to have a now moment. I want to tell you there's no more important time than right now. This second, this moment, this very service is the most important service of your life if you allow God to touch you tonight. If we break the word now down, in stands for you have no other time promised to you but this very second that you're breathing right now. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has not arrived yet. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about who's going to win the game. Don't worry about Santa Claus. Don't worry about the new year and firecrackers. What you should be worried about right now is your divine moment with God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords that can turn your life around. O stands for opportunity. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm amazed through the mission efforts of the church. I'm amazed through the compassion of the church. I'm amazed by the people that touch children and teenagers and reaches out through all the groups that we have in this church as we continue to love this community, those are our opportunities to share with somebody a but now moment for their life. Don't you understand tonight? Every preacher that's ever been here, every pastor, every choir leader, every teacher, everyone that's ever led in this church, I don't care who your favorite preacher is, it might be Brother Laboon. I love Brother Laboon. It could be Brother Brad or, or you can go all the way back to Brother Grice. I, I, I don't care. But every one of those men had a but now moment where God showed up in their life and they confessed their sins and God turned their life around. If God can do that for them and God can do that for you and if God can do that for you, God I can do that for anybody else that hears the sound of my voice tonight and give them a brand new start. Church, tonight I'm tired of talking about COVID in the sense of doom and gloom. I'm tired of talking about what we cannot do because this or that. I can't help what's going on in the world, but I can take this moment right now and let it become my opportunity to do what God has called me to do. If I can't preach to them in person, I'll preach to them online. If I can't preach to them online, We'll go old school CD and let John Mark start burning CDs and send it to them. Amen. If they don't have a CD player, they got a cassette tape player like Brother Steve. Blood, blood worth that you can start helping him out for that too. Amen. And if they go all the way back to the eight track, we'll let Brother Wallace help them out for that. Amen. But you know what? It's our opportunity. And tonight, maybe I just come to encourage us after being out for a few weeks. And I'm okay with that because it encouraged me. I want you to go through December starting now and I want you to realize, but now, God's king of this moment. Right now, it's his time. Right now, you're called. Right now, he's able. Right now, he's able to change cities. Right now, he's able to heal our land. Brother Nolan, I don't believe that. Scripture said in Psalms, I believe 107 and 20, he sent his word and it healed them. I believe he's the same God here tonight. The W stands for what we'll do with this but now moment. It's our opportunity and what we do with it now can amaze the masses. When you enter to this church in the month of January, the council, myself, and the staff, we're gonna lay out some new things for you. There's things to do. There's some paint that needs to go on some walls. There's some things that need to be built. There's some new ministries that need to start. There's some things that we need to clean up. I cannot wait around to the sickness leaves for us to start dreaming about what God can do. I have been dreaming. I dreamed last night 
I could not go to sleep to four o'clock in the morning wrestling over some issues, but also excited saying, God, I will never be 43 again. So let me use my but now moment to do something for the kingdom of God that my boys might fall in love with you in Jesus' name. Now let me close real quickly because we got to baptize, baptize somebody. But if we'll take this but now moment and you'll realize this, don't, oh, don't get too fast now. I'm not that early. Man, you see that? You tell them you're about to close at 729, they start running. No, 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 no. no I got 10 minutes. They won't pay me, Brother Steve, if I quit before eight, right? Amen? What happens is where you were once aliens, the Bible says now in verse 19, if you could pull that up, I didn't ask you to do that. But since I've got a little bit of time, let me teach a little bit more. Verse 19 lets us know that we are now citizens. Where we once were aliens, now we are citizens of a different country. Where we once used to blow Brother Steve, what they say now, these young people, you and I are not young. We used to say you used to belong to the bar or the club. Now they say you belong to the streets, right? You don't belong to the streets, do you? Amen, praise God. You know why? Because you, you don't have any streets in Timmonsville, but praise God, amen. <laughs> you got me laughing, you got to stop, amen. <laughs> it's the truth though. But now these aliens, which was the Gentiles, which was us, since Christ came, he died, got up on the third day. Now the invitation is for all, all, all nationalities, all backgrounds, all people who come bound and need deliverance. We don't stand at the door and card who can come in. We don't send money to certain countries and skip over certain countries because we don't like those certain countries. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says now everyone is citizens that know Jesus Christ. No longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Did you get that? Not only are they not out, but they're in and they're in with the saints. Uh, you younger people, let me get over to the younger people over here. I have been flagged on social media now for 10 times, I believe, this week for posting stuff about the church. One of them got me. One of them, I responded back to the Sunday service and I said something like, praise God for all our saints. And they replied back to me that something about this is untrue and does not meet community standards. And I thought, they're not talking about the church. I'm pastor. We got a few saints here, amen. And so I'm being flagged for that and that just kind of just, just threw me off. And I thought, what's going on? But when I read this verse here, it says that now these aliens are not only citizens, but they're citizens with the same rights as the saints of God. You may have came after me, but you don't have to stand after me. Now, let me preach a little different. You may have come at the end, that I may have other rewards because of things that I've done, but you're not a second-class citizen because you got saved on your deathbed. I prayed people through on their deathbed. I prayed one through in Camden and the family looked at me and said to me, now would you pray the will of God because we prayed all our life for him to be saved and we want him to go to heaven. They said to me, and if it be the will of God, let God take him now. I prayed within five seconds he was gone. Scared this young preacher to death, you understand? But it was the will of God. 
That man who was out is now in and considered a saint and accepted in the beloved. The prodigal son wasn't made to stay outside. The prodigal son was not made to live uh, outside in the shed behind the house. His mind told him that's all that God would do. His mind told him that's all because Satan tripped him and said, you'll never have what you could have. But God did not keep him second class. God brought him back in as a citizen. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ washes away a multitude of sin and makes us accepted in the beloved. I'm working on something, a little thing that I'm writing. The difference between sons and daughters that I have in preaching and sons and daughters that we have in the church is the same difference that you have as sons and daughters. If all the teenagers are lined up here, I can be a spiritual father to them only to the level that they let me. Only to the level. I'm going to preach this next year, so you better get ready. And I I used this with Aiden the other night. What, What allows me to go deeper with them It's not my words and them hearing because if I'm preaching good to to Walker or Jack, Aiden, whoever sit around here, if I'm preaching good to them and bragging on them, they love me. But what if I correct them? If I correct them and they bow up and run out of the church, then they never were my sons or they're not my sons yet. Scripture says those that he loves, he chastiseth and they become the sons of God chastisement that is receptive allows people to come up under sonship. Sonship is accepted when we realize this is for me and allows me not to be out but to be in. That's why I've got to prepare you and we did this in the old church but the problem was, I'm just going to get into it tonight. The problem was back then we didn't have social media and we didn't cross tracks. Anybody listening tonight? And when we did cross tracks, we didn't mind the drunkard coming to church. Sister Sawyer, I came out of the church and people came and drunk, got saved, sanctified, and filled in the same service. But what's messing us up now is through social media, money, and travel, people that come into church don't always look like us. And so when they don't look like us, we have problems sometimes understanding their culture or what they're bound to. It may be a different name brand, but it's the same devil. But the good news is that same devil who's wearing a different wig can still be cast out by the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, let me press that. Go, go, go back to verse 13. Go back to verse 13. Oh, they're still getting ready. But now Christ Jesus, you were once far off, have been brought near by what? I love what he puts right here. He is specific because it speaks to the bloodline. Because the bloodline is what allows the Gentiles to be engrafted into Christ. Not just any blood, but his blood. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, me and a a buddy of mine, we used to play war out in the woods. And one day I didn't like my brother anymore, so I wanted a new brother. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So I cut my finger and he cut his finger, you know. And we, we were pretending that, Brother Wallace, we were actually pretending that we were in Vietnam at the time. We were showing the movies were on. We were fighting for our country. We were blood brothers for life, right? Well, that's really what's happening here. We have been engrafted and accepted in the beloved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't need to stop preaching this. We need to start believing this again. We don't need to hide it. We need to come alive to it. And see more people saved at the church, in the Sunday school room, 
in CR, in the youth group, and in the kids' class. We're no longer outcasts. This speaks to our position real quickly. Not only are we no longer aliens, but we're citizens. We're no longer strangers, but we're family now. Look to your neighbor and say we're family. Galatians 3, 26 through 28 says, there's neither Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, for we are one in Christ Jesus the Lord. Paul set them up. He brought down the circumcision and their pride. He elevated the uncircumcised, put them on one level. He had a way of doing that, and that level is Jesus Christ. We baptize children or we baptize grown men. The level that puts them in the same water is Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. See, what happens is not only are we citizens, we're family in the kingdom of God. Good family. Different family. Crazy family at times. But good family. I love going to the General Assembly. My favorite thing, Brother J.T. Wallace, at the General Assembly is the mission service. I go into the mission service and everybody is so different. And they're speaking different languages. And they're dressed different. Some from Africa, some from Israel, some from Romania. Cultures are different. Sometimes we have to navigate through some different things culturally. But when they start singing the Psalms of Zion, when they start preaching the gospel, all those differences fall at the cross. And what stands up is the family of God. We once were strangers to the commonwealth of Israel, but now we are family in Jesus' name. This is not about counties, countries, cultures. This is about kingdom. And he said, my kingdom shall not be shaken. It is a spiritual kingdom. It is a kingdom that's about to take this world by force in Jesus' name. We are family. And since we are family tonight, look to your neighbor and tell them, say, don't forget the preacher at Christmas. If you do that for me, amen. <laughs> Last thing I do close. Last thing he says, not only are we family, but we are fitted together one by one. No longer aliens, no longer strangers, and no longer without hope because why? We have God. But watch what he does. Let me come down here and I, I'm going to close. So what he does, come here, come here, used car salesman. <laughs> Brother Gene Wallace, would you come here please? Since we're, we're, we really are family. He's kid to the Nolans. Y'all don't know that, but we really are family. Amen. They don't believe me, Brother Gene. <laughs> I don't know if it's looks or money, but they don't believe me. Amen. <laughs> come on, Brother Gene. So what happens is, he takes a used car salesman from Timminsville, and I don't know your story, but I'll say this openly. You, you, you're a righteous man. We know that. I don't know all your story. I know you and my grandpa were, were, were family and close. And, but he takes another man from, that's got a degree from Appalachian State. I'm bragging on you. Look at that. That's where you met your wife at, right? Lenore? The church. The church, yeah. Because you didn't go to clubs and bars. You, you were church of God. I know. Amen. <laughs> so he takes... He takes <laughs> he takes two people like this that have common backgrounds, right? Right, common backgrounds. Come, come here, man. Come here, come here. But then, but then, he, then, then he, he messes us up, Brother Mark. He, see, we were okay with that, but then God messes us up. Then, then he takes a lady from New York, by the way, uh, no, where are you from? I'm from the Bronx. The Bronx, amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, she is gifted at creating things. She had a watermelon 
and we had a new members class. She said, Pastor, can I do, donate something to the church? She had our logo carved out into the watermelon. Amen, son? That's gifted. Amen? So he takes somebody like her from the Bronx and, put, come here, come here, stand close, shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, and then, then puts them together. And that doesn't make any sense because she was lost and he was lost and he was lost. And they're all different. Used car salesman, but honest. Man owns a, a, a business with his brother and then a lady from the Bronx, but puts them together at Palmetto Street because he's building something. Without hope and falling, but now they're building something. You, you understand what I'm saying? Can I use you? Can I use you? Come on. Oh, you got your baby. Bring your baby. That's all right. We're going we're to we're dedicate her Sunday because I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Would you stand beside Steve? And then I'm so proud of you. You know that. Oh, look at them lights. Just got a hold of you, baby. I'm so proud of her. You remember last week I sent you a message, didn't I? Because I know you were going through a struggle. And then God takes her. And she comes to our church with a story. Not like Steve's story. Steve's churchy. His daddy, Vinny, goes to church when we don't have church. You know what I mean? But he takes her. And he says, you know what, though? I can use Steve. It's Steve's generational deep in God. And Steve can be a leader there. But he doesn't look at you and say, but you cannot because you may have done something a long time ago. And I, I don't know your story, just saying. No, he says to you, you don't have to be an alien or a stranger or without hope. No, you are a citizen. You are family. And we can build upon your life and your testimony in Jesus' name. Now, I love your testimony, Steve. Brother Gene, I, I believe you've been righteous your whole life from the jump, amen? And I know, I know a little bit of your testimony and to see what God's doing to you is amazing. But I also, I know her testimony and how God has her on the wheel. We preached about that Sunday morning. And if God can use you, and I know he can, God can use you. And if he can build on you, he can build on you. Why? Because we're no longer strangers. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has made us one. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. You know the preacher's anointing when the baby doesn't wake up. Amen. Praise God. All right. We're going to transition. I, that's just been in my spirit. That's been in my spirit. I want to share that with you. Amen. That's been, I want to encourage you with that tonight. But now. So let me pray over you. Then we're going to have water baptism. That's, I'm letting you out a little early tonight. But now. I want you to take every moment ahead of you. And I want you to seize the moment. What is God about to do? I want you to start thinking about December, candlelight services, prayer meetings, all that's going on. I want you to enjoy your family. But when January the 1st gets here, I want you ready to do something amazing for the kingdom of God. I don't want to waste a year. Pastor, what if, what if COVID? We will deal with the issues as they come. Led by the Holy Ghost, listening to the voice of God, protecting our people, but we've got a job to do, church. But now, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, I have preached your word, teach tonight. Probably a little more preachy than I should have been, but I was really excited. Oh, you've been so good to me. I want you to build on the Gene Wallace's, but I also want you to build on Kelsey as well, God. There's no distinction there. Age doesn't matter. 
Now, depth of the job at the time of the calling, sure. But nobody's excluded in Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on our social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, visit us at pscog.org. Stay safe and have an incredible day in Jesus' name.